No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Isaiah prophesies that after God judges the world in the Great Tribulation, Israel will be restored and other nations will come to worship the Lord. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 27 on Simply the Bible. Isaiah continues his prophecy about the last days after the Great Tribulation when Jesus Christ will return to establish his kingdom on earth and then Israel will be restored as the fruitful nation that God intended her to be. Isaiah chapter 27, In that day the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, that twisted serpent, and he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. Now, what is Leviathan anyway? It was a multi-headed sea serpent and is spoken of in Psalm 74. You divided the sea by your strength. You broke the heads of the sea serpents in the waters. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him as food to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Many scholars consider Leviathan to be a mythical creature. But in the book of Job, God speaks of Leviathan as being a fierce and formidable creature that cannot be harpooned or caught with a hook. However, since the context of Isaiah's reference is the day of the Lord, it would seem to be symbolic of God's judgment on Satan at the end of the age. God will slay the Antichrist and the false prophet, and Satan himself will be cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. In Revelation 12, 9, we read, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. I can't wait for that to happen. At his second coming, Jesus will slay them with the sword of his mouth, that is, with the word of God. Verse 2, In that day sing to her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, keep it. I water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I keep it night and day. Fury is not in me. Who would set briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them. I would burn them together. Back in chapter 5, the Lord sung of his vineyard, which is Israel. But it was a sad song because he looked for good fruit but found only wild grapes. But in the time of restoration, the age to come, the Lord's vineyard will bring forth good fruit and red wine. This will occur because the Lord will care for his vineyard, watering it and always watching over it to protect it. God will no longer be angry with his people and no one will be able to thwart him in his restorative love for Israel. Whoever tries to come against God or Israel will be burned. Verse 5, Or let them take hold of my strength, that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. 
This is the only place in Scripture where it talks about a person making peace with God. Every place else, we are told that God makes peace with people through the blood of atonement. We read in Colossians 1.19, For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood We cannot atone for our own sins. Only Christ can do that for us. Only he can make peace between man in his sin and God in his holiness. So then what peace is Isaiah referring to here in verse 5? This is the peace that Israel will know at the end of the age when they take hold of the Lord's strength through faith and obedience. It's not the peace of salvation, but heart peace that they will have by being strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. The truth is that every person has a simple choice before him. Either he can take hold onto his own strength and go his own way, stiffen his neck and rebel against God, or he can take hold of the Lord's strength and make peace with him through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, God desires that you make peace with him, and he has provided Christ for this very purpose. But have you taken hold of him by faith? Verse 6, Those who come, he shall cause to take root in Jacob. Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. In the millennial kingdom, the Jews will gather in Israel from all over the world where God scattered them, And he will bring them back and Israel will blossom and bud, filling the world with fruit. Now, we are already seeing the first fruits of this today, I believe. Today, Israel is the third largest exporter of dates in all the world. And this tiny nation, which is 93 miles by 93 miles, the same area as that anyway, is a major exporter of many goods and services throughout the world. God promised that through Abraham and his descendants, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And over the last century, God has gathered his people from throughout the world where he scattered them and he has established them in the promised land, forming the nation of Israel. We are seeing so much Bible prophecy being fulfilled including this verse in Isaiah where Israel will blossom and bud. But that's just the beginning because in the millennial kingdom, Israel will be far more fruitful. Don't ever think that God is done with his people, Israel. Verse 7, has he struck Israel as he struck those who struck him? Or has he been slain according to the slaughter of those who were slain by him? Now, using the surrounding nations, namely Assyria and Babylon, God disciplined Israel because of her unfaithfulness. But what was that compared to how he struck the other nations that opposed her? As the Assyrians are gone, they're no longer a world power, neither is Babylon. God disciplined Israel, but not as her sins deserved. He chastened his people. In a measure, by sending it away, you contended with it. He removes it by his rough wind in the day of the east wind. Therefore, by this, the iniquity of Jacob will be covered 
And this is all the fruit of taking away his sin. When he makes all the stones of the altar like chalk stones that are beaten to the dust, wooden images and incense altars shall not stand. God was sending an east wind to Judah. This likely spoke of Babylon coming from the east and Jerusalem and the temple would then be destroyed by the Babylonians by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BC. The reason was that Judah had given herself up to worshiping idols. And this sin of idolatry would only be purged by them going into captivity. It was how God would cover Jacob's sin. He would beat to dust the stones of their idolatrous altars in the high places. Likewise, their pornographic wooden images, that is the Asherah poles, and incense altars would be destroyed. When the Jewish exiles finally returned from Babylonian captivity, they were cured once and for all from the sin of idolatry. Verse 10. Yet the fortified city will be desolate, the habitation forsaken and left like a wilderness. There the calf will feed and there it will lie down and consume its branches. When its boughs are withered, they will be broken off. The women come and set them on fire, for it is a people of no understanding. Therefore, he who made them will not have mercy on them, and he who formed them will show them no favor. When Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple in Jerusalem, he left the city desolate. He hauled off the furnishings, the cups and utensils of the temple, and then the walls were reduced to rubble. The branches and boughs spoke of the ability for the nation to bear fruit, and these branches were withered and would be broken off and set on fire. That's how God fulfilled this prophecy here in Isaiah. Now, we cannot help but hear this echoed in the words of Christ in John chapter 15, where Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You see, it's all about abiding in Christ. That's how we bear fruit. And if we don't abide in Christ, we cannot bear fruit, but we may be disciplined then and burned through circumstances in life. That's God's discipline. And that's what happened to Israel. He chastened his people not to condemn them, but to discipline them. Israel did not abide in the covenant of the Lord. Therefore, they were as branches broken off that were burned. And the fortified city of Jerusalem was left desolate until 539 B.C. when King Cyrus of Persia gave the command for the Jewish exiles to return. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will thresh from the channel of the river to the brook of Egypt, and you will be gathered one by one, O you children of Israel. The river is the Euphrates. The brook of Egypt is the stream that borders the southwest border of Canaan. And in that day, the Lord will gather Israel into the land from all kinds of places where they are scattered. And the Lord will thresh or judge the entire land. 
So it will be in that day, the great trumpet will be blown. They will come who are about to perish in the land of Assyria and they who are outcasts in the land of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. And so God with a great summoning trumpet will gather his people from all over the world. This also looks to the Feast of Trumpets and the Feast of Tabernacles which will be celebrated in the millennial kingdom. And we are told that all the nations on the earth will gather in Israel for that feast. And any nation that does not come will not receive rain. It is true that those people whom God loves, he rebukes and disciplines. And if we are in Christ, then God will deal with us in his love, but not in his wrath. He has not appointed us to suffer wrath, but to obtain salvation. The most important thing any of us can do is to make sure that we are abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ by our faith. And that is the way that we bear the fruit of the kingdom. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Next week, we will return to 2 Kings and see where Naaman, a general in the Syrian army, goes to Elisha to be healed. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.